Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mr. Smith reporting over WOR New York and RKO General Station. Next, Gene Shepard and at midnight all night with Wingate. scientists are attempting to forewarn the rest of mankind that we are on the verge of an incredible cataclysmic fantastic event are you ready for it have you been ready for anything for a hell of a long time for that matter that is the question that scientists everywhere these days are asking quietly among themselves. Someday, very soon, a clone will be born.
a clone will be born. I repeat, someday, soon, a clone will be born. And you, poor sniveling mankind, don't even know what the hell a clone is. But it will mark the beginning of an entirely new era. Sit up straight. Pull in your gut. Look directly at the field coil, right at the speaker grill. Concentrate all your senses, all two of them. Say to yourself, one day, follow me and say it. Coward knave, one day, a clone will be born. Soon. And the doors upon mankind's past will have forever closed. Closeth not for me nor thee, but for all. Damn wind. Time is not but a dripping icicle. the heartbeat has been reproduced. A few little odds and ends need to be touched up here and there. But soon, very soon, the first clone will walk. And what is a clone? Are you ready to hear what it is? <laughs> a clone, and it's just about to happen, friend. Just about to happen to you, to us, to everyone, to the Eskimos, to the Indians squatting in his tent by the Ganges. everywhere. A clone 
is a human child created from a single asexual body cell. Did you hear what I said? A single body cell. The child is the exact duplicate of the person from whom the body cell was taken. A man can give birth to a child all by himself. Depends on how you look at it. One way you can say women are obsolete. If you look at it another way, you can say men are obsolete. Maybe the truth is that both men and women are obsolete. But a single cell scraped, let's say, from the skin of the arm of any person in the world can give birth to a clone which will be an exact duplicate of that person. The simple, painless scraping of a human arm produces enough healthy body cells to make a thousand clones. All perfect carbon copies of the man or woman from whom they were created. Once cloning is accomplished, it will be too late to ask, What hath man wrought? Which is why some Nobel laureates are now worried about it at this very minute. You know, once they split the atom, they didn't go back and put it together again and say, let's forget it. We won't do that anymore. Once it's done, it's done, and it will continue. And the first clone that walks the earth will change everything forever. Perhaps it's already too late. According to many scientists, most of the tools and the knowledge to make a clone already exist. And in some part of the world, some unknown genius may have perfected the final medical technique to give life to a clone. When one, just one, when one clone survives, after him would come the deluge. For better or for worse, a thousand identical reproductions could be made of any human being. John Kennedy, shot in Dallas, November 22nd, 1963, would be alive today. In the person of his clone, not a son, it would not be a son. An exact carbon copy of himself, nine years old. Martin Luther King's identical offspring would shortly be assigned to his nearest integrated public school. Would not be his son or his daughter. It would be an exact copy of him, a separate independent creature called a clone. Johnny Unitas, age 40, could produce an endless succession of talented right armed quarterbacks. But none of them would recognize the parentage of Mr. Unitas because there wouldn't be a parentage. 
they would be a clone. No Mother's Day, no Father's Day cards to buy, no lineage, no family tree, a clone. Not only John Kennedy, but also Adolf Hitler should have reproduced 20 million young Adolf Hitlers. A scrape of the arm, the machine reset into motion, few contacts made, the switches thrown, chemical added here and there, and endless demagogues are spewed forth. Identical copies of the original. The clones are on the way. Einstein could be sitting in Princeton, maybe four or five Einsteins, 10, 15, 20, quietly cogitating away. It would be useless for Norman Mailer to write a book on Marilyn Monroe. That would be only the prototype of an endless succession. All clones, all identical copies of the original. This is not science fiction. This is fiction. Created by the man of mind, which has transmuted itself like the alchemist's strange quantitative analysis that created gold from lead. It is not fiction, ultimately. It is science, science, science. Science. Which is a kind of ultimate fiction in its way. So the clones are on their way. You know what they say about it? Listen to what a few of them are saying. Nobel Prize winning geneticist, Dr. Joshua Lederberg said, cloning places man on the brink of major evolutionary perturbation. There is nothing to suggest any particular difficulty about accomplishing this in mammals or in men. So there'll be no longer any endangered species. You want to protect the whooping cranes? We'll produce 200 million clones. The world would be full of whooping cranes. More whooping cranes than you could ever handle. With strenuous effort, genetic surgery could put within our grasp in as little as 10 or 20 years. 10 years, you hear what he said? And there's a known fact about science these days that all predictions have proven in the last 25 years to be longer than the actuality. You know that it wasn't long ago scientists were predicting visits to the moon in the 21st century. Now we're already bored by it. University of Illinois microbiologist Dr. Kimball Atwood said, and we quote, with a crash program, it could be done now. <laughs> Speaking of crashes, this is WOR New York. RKO General Station. <laughs> you don't think that I'm the actual shepherd sitting here, do you? For years, there have been seven, eight of us. 1520, spewing out of a gigantic machine. 
There have been over 200 John Gamblings. In the last four years alone, there have been six Johnny Carsons. The Pope has already spoken on it. Did you know that? The Pope, shaken by the eminence of clonal man, as it's now called, has denounced the would-be clonal creators for tampering with the designs of God. like to want to know what's going on. Did you ever hear of clones before? Did you? It's, it's you know, this, uh, I, I, I can only say is that this is, this is reality, what I've just been telling you, absolutely truth, not a bit of this invented, the quotes are absolutely true, the concept is not only true, it has already been considered by many leading geneticists as, as being Quite probably, the next great earth-shaking scientific development within the next five years. A genuine clone will actually begin to grow. Frankenstein. It is pure Frankenstein. Not Dracula, Frankenstein. A very different premise. You know, this has been an age-old dream of man for some insane reason. To produce an artificial man. And, you know, this plays a, a great role in kids' fantasies, the idea of owning a robot, a little man that you own. <laughs> in fact, it was the premise behind slavery, actually, to create a creature that was totally and artificially created, but yet which had all the aspects, the talents of man himself. And yet they were always vested in the stories with super qualities. We're not just, they were not just men. They were not men that uh, had uh, basic frailties. That's the clone concept, to create a perfect man. But then again, on the other hand, the original concept to split the atom was to free man of all power difficulties forever. And work, and it would be a paradise. And where has it led us? <laughs> so the, the next step will be the clone and this is going to cause a fantastic upheaval can you imagine what 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 uh, what what theological problems would suddenly be developed no seriously think about this for a minute if if, if tomorrow morning and it, don't 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 sit out there and say oh yeah it's an interesting thought no it is not an interesting thought it's an interesting reality this is actually happening that if tomorrow morning some guy in Prague or, or uh, it can be almost anywhere, some guy in, in Moscow or some scientist at MIT, or somebody in John Hopkins, somebody in China, some biochemist slash geneticist announces that he has produced a clone. Now, this is not a test tube baby. Don't think we're talking about that. Not at all. Big difference. You know what the difference is. 
A test tube baby is literally a baby that is conceived in a test tube, but by normal means, male, female cells, and so on. But a clone is a new technique entirely, a new, new whole different direction of thinking, where a, an asexual creature is created, an exact duplicate of the original, is created out of a single cell of the original human being. And then they can endlessly reproduce themselves. First of all, that's going to end all playwriting. <laughs> that will be the end of all novels, all books, literature. will go down the drain instantly. Because there will no longer be any involvement between male and female. And this is the basis of almost all literature. One way or another. And there will be no, no, no longer any concept that's a theological concept of a creating God that creates man. There has been a theory, you know, evidenced from time to time, surfaced. It began around a thousand years ago, this theory. It just popped up and was immediately uh, hooted down as being the sheerest of, uh, of uh, heresy. That man himself really is God. Have you ever heard that theory? Well, of course, a lot of people like to believe <laughs> this is true, specifically related to themselves. But uh, <laughs> so it doesn't come as a surprise to a lot of you. Well, yeah, yeah, I see the, uh, that point. But uh, <laughs> I mean, in the actual sense, not not in the not in the egotistic <laughs> uh, look how groovy I am sense. I'm talking about the real thing, but <laughs> and so so uh, who knows? But at this at this moment, when when this actually occurs, man could then thus really literally make the claim. Then uh, of course there will be great uh, great uh, great clashes of theological, and then of course there will be an attempt by one country to control it. This will be one of the deepest held secrets probably since the days of the first splitting of the atom. Because you realize what a powerful weapon this could be? Fantastic weapon. That, uh, first of all, uh, there would be no fear of wars, of, of losing a war to begin with, because you could produce an endless number of replacement human beings, just the way you produce uh, endless... Because uh, uh, war then would not, no longer be immoral. You're not killing a human being when you kill a clone. You're killing a clone. And we all know that killing human beings is a sin, but is killing a clone a sin? It would be no more of a sin than if you took a piece of your fingernail and destroyed it. You've destroyed uh, a piece of human tissue, but not a human being. Interesting concept. So you could spew out upon the world millions of highly trained, in fact, you could take, uh, you could take uh, a, uh, a famous general and take one piece of his, his uh, skin from his arm and produce uh, an army that consists of, let's say, 200 million patents, we'll say. That would be a hell of an army to beat. Hmm? That's right. And just think what that would do to baseball. <laughs> Think what it would do to football. Think what it would do to almost anything that you can think of offhand. 
And so, so uh, what it really basically says is mankind as we know him is now almost on the, on the border of thinking himself, creating himself out of existence. Do you ever, do you ever remember, do you remember this, this, uh, uh, this, uh, this, the legend of Pandora's box? Remember that legend? Well, that, the, the more I think about what we do, uh, people, mankind, just all of us, the more I realize how, how true that legend is. That if there's a box in the corner of your room and you're told not to open it because something bad could happen if you opened it, you cannot resist opening it. You agree? There's no way you can resist opening it. Now, this is not true of turtles. And it's, uh, it's only man has that, has that the curious thing. And, and uh, once that box is open, what you have leashed, unleashed, can never be recalled. And a million bats fly into the night, each bearing the virus of Pandora's box, each bearing the message. The clones are coming. The clones are coming. They say there's a time in life for everything. For Dubonnet, the time is before. Before, that's the time to think about some Dubonnet to drink. Before is the proper time of day to have yourself a Dubonnet. Good boy, yeah, good boy. Some wines are made to go with lunch or dinner, some after. But Dubonnet tastes different because it's made to go before. Before the steak, before whatever you've got cooking. Just pour it over the rocks, add a twist, soda if you like. That's Dubonnet before, made to make what comes after that much better. Dubonnet Company, New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah Trey Elegant. Hey, you know, speaking of... Uh, of uh, yeah, you want to hear more about that? You want to hear what, what other people are saying about that whole idea of the clones? You know, it's it's funny uh, that I've always had a theory, and, and uh, it's it's been with me for a long time, ever since I've been in the field of entertainment and, and writing and communication and that that the really important things that are happening at any given time, I mean, really, I mean, talk, I'm talking about, I'm really talking about things which are pivotal events, are rarely evidenced in the newspapers of the time, the news media of the time. In other words, I, I, I suggest to you that if, if, there were, if there were newspapers that were around, let's say, at the time of the Renaissance. Not much would have been said about the Renaissance in the papers. There would be a lot of talk about what this guy did, and this guy's being fired from the mayor's job, and this guy's, uh, this guy's having an argument uh, in the city council over this and that and so on. But what actually was happening at the time would not be discussed much because the really important things are not often public. For example... Uh, when the atom bomb was being created, it's a fact. There was nothing in the paper about it. Do you agree? 
It wasn't until one day, <laughs> then everyone became aware of it. But it had been going on for years. I've been working on it. And, and so if you were to go back into the newspapers of the days when, when Fermi and these guys, these great scientists, were making these, you know, these great uh, discoveries and doing all this stuff, uh, you'd find nothing in the paper about it. And uh, this is true of the airplane. Uh, do you know that by, when, when the Wright brothers first flew at Kitty Hawk, they had trouble even getting it into the local Kitty Hawk, North Carolina paper? Did you know that? In fact, they sent out a they sent out a press release, and it was ignored all over the country. And it wasn't until maybe a year or two later that the actual news of the fact that man had flown and was doing it consistently began to filter down to the average person. And by that time, it was a it was a it was an established fact. A couple of years went by before anybody even knew about it. And yet, the paper was filled with what was called news. <laughs> what was called news, really important news. So our papers have been filled endlessly with Vietnam, with endless stuff. Not that they shouldn't have that. It's been filled endlessly with Vietnam. It's been endlessly with Watergate and all the rest of it. And, and I'll bet most of you have never heard the term clone. And yet, you know that this is a big argument among scientists right now? Uh, I'll, I'll quote here. Uh, uh, for example, a uh, microbiologist, a famous microbiologist, uh, uh, name is Kimball a famous uh, biologist, he, uh, he says uh, uh, that the cloning will be an established fact by 1975. Well, this is 73. <laughs> so it's not, a, it's not an idle conjecture. Now, a lot of you probably say, oh, you know, this science fiction stuff bores the hell out of me. They're the same people who were astounded when, when the first Sputnik went up. And that, that, by the way, was another interesting thing, too, uh, that, that, that the scientists were... Uh, conjecturing about the idea of putting things into orbit long before it actually happened. And then one day, bam, that thing is up there flying around. And everybody was astounded. And most people to this day can't understand what orbiting means. In short, what I'm saying is that science is so far ahead of uh, of the average walking around human being today that it's in another plane <laughs> of of, uh, of understanding. And... Uh, and so here it is, you know. I, I, I just wonder if you, if I were to stop 500 people on the street and ask them about those guys up in that space, uh, that space lab, how they're staying up there, and what uh, you know, what keeps them up there, and uh, <laughs> and uh, how come they're not coming down? And all that. I, I, I just wonder how many people out of 500 would even have the foggiest idea of uh, how that thing stays up there, how fast it's moving through space how far off the surface of the earth it is, what keeps it up there, why doesn't it come down? Will it come down? In other words, uh, here's a scientific fact that most people don't even understand, you know, <laughs> and, and not, uh, even the basic outlines of it, and yet it's been going on. How long have we been in space now? 1950-something, 58, something like that, the first Sputnik. Well, when did the first Sputnik go up? 58, wasn't it? 57? Something like that? That's a long time ago. And uh, so... There's uh, uh, here, for example, uh, the arguments are going on. Of course, the, 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 the scientists that are doing it, that are really actively involved in it, always say good things are going to come of it. <laughs> this is always the way it is. Uh, they say we're going to have a whole race of geniuses, uh, fantastic geniuses. What this will accomplish, no one quite knows. But uh, <laughs> they will. there's going to be a whole race of geniuses. This is one group. So another group says, well, wait a minute now. Uh, Depends on how you define genius. Hitler probably defined it in a different way than, say, uh, Martin Luther King did, and so uh, you're going to have you're going to have problems right away. So 
the uh, these will re be real live. They're not robots. Remember, they're they will be real live, thinking, feeling human beings. They will love. They will hate. Their minds and their emotions will be as vulnerable to disorder and conflict as anyone else. Now that's what's interesting about the clone. <laughs> he just simply. Uh, uh, he will never have a real mother nor a real father. It'll be made out of a cell of a, of a human being. And it will have the sex, by the way, of the creature from which it was taken. So if you're male, uh, the clone uh, will be a male in exact reproduction of that person. Now, uh, this brings up interesting points. Uh, will it be a thing you will go and have done? In other words, will you pay for this? Who will take care of this creature then? Well, this, uh, <laughs> you know, you can see the, 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 the infinite problems involved in this. It's a fantastic concept. The clone. Uh, will, will they, though, eliminate weaknesses of human beings? You know, the, the, uh, uh, the idea that, uh, that, uh, Selective breeding, which has been applied to animals, for example, anybody who knows anything about racehorses knows that that selective breeding is a fact among that's been for a long time. This is how they they produce a secretariat, the bloodlines. But uh, that's never really been seriously done in in mankind, where in in fact uh, somebody says, well, let's let's create a superior race of human beings. Uh, how do you define superior? You know, it's a, it, do you know anything about, of course you know about horses, Jerry. The strange thing about horses is that uh, superiority is a very definite thing that can be almost defined, and yet it can be refuted by redefining superiority. For example, uh, the racehorse is a notoriously dumb horse. You agree, Jerry? The racehorse is not, does not have the intelligence uh, of, let's say, many other horses which have not been bred for speed alone. For example, the quarter horse. Do you buy that? <laughs> now, people who have not had experience with both kinds of horses will look confused because they think of the racehorse as intelligent. But if they've ever known a good quarter horse, they would know that very few racehorses can even pick up the oat bag of your average walking around quarter horse. You agree? And he may be a raggle-taggle-looking quarter horse, but he's got plenty going upstairs. The Morgan is a case in point, too. On the other hand, you take, uh, you take horses that have great dispositions, for example, the, uh, the Belgian and the Clydesdale. Uh, these horses are bred for strength, power and strength, and also good disposition, because if you're going to have a workhorse, he has to be able to get along with people. And so, so he has qualities that uh, certainly uh, the Secretariat doesn't have. Secretariat doesn't have to like Ron Turcott. <laughs> he can be awful mean, race horses. So, so the idea of breeding a superior creature depends on how you define superiority. Do you define it as being jovial, easy to get along with? Do you, you define it as having a great mind? Well, if that's the case, be careful, because there have been some pretty great evil geniuses of the past. Dr. Joseph Goebbels, for one. A great mind does not essentially mean good. Does not necessarily. On the other hand, you don't, do you want to have a race of, of docile people? 
So who knows? You know, this is so we're we're heading to something very interesting. The clones. That's a great word, clone. Uh, it's a it's a word uh, <laughs> that has been created by this uh, this you know what the science is called of course it's obvious the science is called clonology uh, it's a new word and not many people have actually heard it but uh, we're uh, can you imagine a, 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 a automatically operate what what would you, what would be the what would be the I'm, I'm curious now thinking about what would be the attitude like when we're moving from one era to the other. Now, we're all products of one kind of human being. You know, we are, you know. Uh, we, all have, we all have mothers. We all have fathers. This is a biological fact up to this point. We all are uh, human beings in a sense. We, we came out of just the whole great vast mass of mankind that goes all the way back into the dark ancient past of the cave and more or less random haphazard. You know, that's the way it was. Well, now, when the clones come into being, they will be an, a deliberate act of science. A deliberate act of science. Not just a, a chick and this guy got together in the backseat of a Pontiac, and next thing you know, Howard came about. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about a deliberate act of science. Now, what will their attitude be towards non-clones? Remember, they will be able to think, and they will be able to, uh, to that they're intelligent, creatures what will be their attitude towards non-clones will it be one of superiority because they are the result of science will our attitude towards them be one of inferiority <laughs> uh, they obviously ultimately then will replace us it just just it just has to be uh, it, it, it it seems to me that's the way it would have a, eventually would have to go do you agree this is very similar to a prediction made in the early 30s by Aldous Huxley in his brave new world, you recall reading this? And while we're on the subject, we got a couple of commercials here. <laughs> That's uh, one of the most dramatic changes, gang, in the field of uh, fellow uh, vulnerable human beings, non-clones. We'll have to do with our poor, sad little earthly institutions until the clones come along and don't need any of this kind of stuff. One of the most dramatic changes in the field of independent school education is the desire of today's student to retain his family and community identity. So, of course, with a clone, that would not be true. He would have no family or community identity. But uh, we still have that uh, while he's still preparing for college. So this change has prompted the Cheshire Academy of Cheshire, Connecticut, to introduce a five-day boarding plan starting the 17th of September. The Cheshire Academy has a fantastic record of placing college candidates in colleges throughout the United States. And after 179 years, the average class size is still only 13 students. And they still have openings in most grades. So you better find out about it. It's a good school. And incidentally, they will also arrange for weekend bus transportation from selected metropolitan areas. They offer a college prep course, grades 7 to 12, and postgraduate work. And they also have a co-ed day school community with local transportation facilities. So, if you want to find out about Cheshire Academy, it's area code 203-272-5396. That's 203, that's the area code, 272-5396. The single most exciting basketball player in America. Julius Irving is now a New York net. Dr. J with more moves than Bobby Fischer. Everything you've ever heard about him is true. 
and you'll be able to see Julius Irving performing his magic act with a basketball in the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum for the New York Nets. But make sure you get your season tickets now. Call 516-294-6400. When you ask tough questions, you better have the answers. And we do. Example, the beer you drink. Do you really like its flavor, or do you drink it out of habit? Do you know there's one absolutely great-tasting beer? Do you know it's Ballantine? Why don't you try a Ballantine beer tonight? Who do we think we are asking these tough questions? The people with the answer. The only answer. Ballantine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't imagine clones will, you know, have to drink beer and all that kind of stuff. In fact, uh, you want to hear what more people are saying? Here's another Nobel laureate, a guy named uh, Dr. Watson, of all names. Uh, he's really worried about it. He suggests that, uh, that right now we have to make steps, take steps, quote, to make illegal any, any experimental work on human embryos. He says it's going to be something wild. Uh, he says it's an international problem. And he says a blanket declaration of the worldwide illegality of human cloning might be one result of a serious effort to ask the world in which direction wishes to move. <laughs> Very interesting. Very, do you realize then that a human being could franchise himself? You could, uh, you could say, uh, produce a clone. See, the clone, there would be no, uh, the clone would not have a mother or father, so there'd be nothing wrong about selling one either. You ever thought of that? So if you know, if you were a fantastic uh, performer, say an entertainer, uh, you, you could you could uh, go to the other network and say, "Listen, uh, I'll uh, produce four or five clones for you, and uh, we'll have a franchise there." And uh, <laughs> we'll continue we'll continue on and on. Have you have you thought of that possibility of it? Uh, there's other possibilities too. Uh, uh, fantastic racial possibilities. I mean, and I mean the word fantastic in the worst sense. Uh, one way or the other. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking of fantastic possibilities, I've been getting all kinds of letters in the last six or seven months about it. And uh, to take care of all those letters right off the bat, my next New York appearance, because uh, I can't answer this mail that comes in, but uh, I'll, ha I'll have to answer it on the, on the air. My next New York appearance, I'm doing my Carnegie Hall show this year, the 22nd of September. Okay, Ed? And I won't say any more about it. That's uh, coming up soon. I'm already getting in preparation for you, know, flexing my muscles and thinking big, mean. Uh, you, uh, you realize that clones will no longer need any entertainment as we know it today. Uh, the clone will have he, uh, well, no point in him going to see Hamlet because he has no connection with the past of mankind. <laughs> you know, mankind's almost everything is based on that concept of uh, we have a continuous strain, a, 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 a kind of chain of, uh, of relationships. We are all brothers, ultimately. This is what the, uh, the biblical and the actual genetical fact of it is. But we will have created something that is not our brother. Uh, no, no way. It's merely an, an offshoot. Uh, it's just like... Uh, it's like uh, well, let's take uh, the iguana lizard. Uh, is is a, is an offshoot of some fantastically huge, uh, now extinct creature that lived maybe thirty million years ago. Does it feel any relationship with that creature, or would it? No way. So the clones are coming. 
You know, we could very well be living in the last, the, the last third of this century could very well be pretty close to the last of mankind on Earth as we know it. It really could be. You know, maybe this is an answer, one answer, why there is a sudden worldwide hang-up with nostalgia. In other words, looking back to the days when mankind was, was it. <laughs> I mean, was it. It's like, uh, it's like living in, uh, in Rome, you know, 200 years after the fall. They must have sat around and talked about the good old days. It had to happen. And maybe we're doing it instinctively. Maybe instinctually we know that something is, is in the air. We can't quite pinpoint it. We can't quite point it out. We've talked increasingly, people have been aware of the quote, dehumanization of life. Maybe we've been slowly drifting in that direction for a half a century or more. Maybe from the beginning we were directing our attentions towards that. You know, always slowly drifting towards that until eventually Maybe it comes from the sense of original sin. We could get rid of mankind. You know, tainted mankind. Produce this perfect creature. You see, a clone would not be the product of the old biblical concept of original sin. It would be the product of a gigantic machine with all kinds of ions going back and forth in it. And how can an ion sin? Especially at 12,000 volts with high magnetic currents. So the clones are on their way, friend. And where are you going? This is WOR New York, an RKO radio station. Stay tuned for John Wingate. Will you meet the traffic commissioner of New York City, Benjamin Ward? How much worse is traffic than it was one day ago? Oh, it's better than it was one day ago, and it's decidedly better than it was a few months ago. Is it true that you drove up tonight with a plate marked DPL, diplomatic, <laughs> so you couldn't be pulled away? No, that's not true. I don't have one. I sometimes wish I did. Two items that affect you tonight. Traffic in New York City, the new fresh air law, taxi cab cruising, DPL plates, scoff laws, and later, the beef bonanza, the golden calf comes to market. Everything that affects you. Nightbeat, John Wingate. Traffic in New York City. Commissioner Benjamin Ward, Traffic Commissioner. 
from the police department. Good morning to police inspector Morris McCauley. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good morning. What's the gun for? The gun is part of the equipment that I'm required to carry at all times. And from the Metropolitan Garage Board of Trade, Seymour Glein. Good morning. What about garage prices? Garage prices are as reasonable as can be expected under the circumstances. Your traffic, problems in New York City, and later, the beef bonanza. The golden calf comes to market. Everything that affects you on Nightbeat. ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.